welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hello, this is Buddy C. Welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. So far today, we have Brian and Drew and Carrie. Good to have you guys. Glad to have us a little group to talk about the 31st verse of the Tao Te Ching and how it relates to our recovery. We're taking a different approach to these. We've talked about them before. I think this is, gosh, episode number 272. So we've got a lot of episodes in the back in the library for this podcast. And we've discussed this uh, verse before, probably at least once, if not twice or three times, I don't even know. But instead of studying it beforehand, we decided just to open it up and read it when we're on the air and when we start the meeting and not do any study, any discussion, and just see uh, what our experience what we see in our experience at this moment, what this speaks to us. Uh, so sometimes that brings a very good conversation and sometimes it's a little short, so we'll see. But it will be the 31st verse today. Announcements, go to buddyc.org. We have a lot of resources there. We, I'm taking all these Dow quotes that we have and I'm... Uh, putting them in bite-sized pieces with a thought and and most of them an AA-related quote and an affirmation. And I've added a definition of a love. uh, I I think we use the word love and virtue and walking in love. We use that love word a lot. And for most people, that's a four-letter word. We don't really know what that means. We have a lot of connotations that we add to that word because it's so overused and misused. So I've decided to start looking for some definitions of love, of words that mean love that we may not necessarily associate with love. Because in recovery, I found that it was about me learning to live a life of love, compassion, respect, honor, helping you, focusing on you instead of me. All those things are aspects of love, and a lot of times, if I'm not careful, I'll overlook that. I think it's the big things when, in reality, it's more what I'm doing right now, how I'm responding right now instead of reacting. Even in the podcast, if I come from an ego, fear-driven side, oh, I've got to make this sound good. There's got to be all of this content. Oh, we've got to do this. No, I'm just here to be helpful. I just opened my heart to these guys and any way I can help in this meeting, I want to be helpful. That's coming from a place of love. And I think that's what recovery is all about. Changing that foundation of our life from a fear-based foundation where everything I did was fear. And when I do an action out of fear, guess what I get? I get more fear. I don't have a choice. All fear can produce is more fear. But when I can learn to be compassionate, when I can learn to think of you just in little actions, I start getting love and compassion in response. 
because I get what I give. I start cultivating virtue is a way that we talk about it. And the Tao Te Ching, a translation of that into English, Day is the word for virtue, T-E. So this is the book of the way of virtue. So what we talk about here should cultivate virtue in our life, which is just right in line with recovery. I love it. So a lot of resources at Buddy C. I've got a buddyc.org. If you want a copy of my book that's there, just email me from the pot from the webpage, and I will send you a PDF copy. Of course, you can buy it on Amazon if you want. And then I have a daily devotion. Uh, the reason for the daily devotion is because it's teaching, it's getting me to write every day. So it's keeping me accountable. Uh, so you're welcome to sign up for that. That's going to continue. Uh, that I'm not going to charge for that, but we will eventually release a daily devotional book, like a daily reflections book. But I'm going to keep the devotion free on the website for as many people who that want it in an email. You might want to take a look at that. But lots of good resources there too to help you stay sober. There's online meetings, a meditation app, all kinds of things there. Lots of resources. So take advantage of that. Maybe share it with your sponsees if they need some resources too. There's also a 30 ways to stay sober before, during, and after the holidays link, and it is in the show notes. We've been talking about that the last few weeks a little bit. So uh, lots of things there for you. Okay, the 31st verse of the Tao Te Ching. Who would like to start us off with a read? Brian, why don't you start us off if you don't mind, sir? I'll start off with the uh, the easy one. The uh, Jeff Pepper, Dao Te Ching, in clear English, says, fine weapons are tools of misfortune. People hate them. So one who has Dao does not live by them. The noble man usually honors the left, but when he commands troops, he honors the right. Weapons are tools of misfortune. They are not the tools of a noble man. When using them, it's best to be restrained. If you are victorious, don't embrace it. If you embrace it, you enjoy killing people. One who enjoys killing people can't get what they want in the world. Good things always on the left. Bad things always on the right. The lieutenant general stands on the left. The general stands on the right. Treat it like a funeral ceremony. Many people are killed. Pitiful cities cry of sorrow. Victory in war should be treated like a funeral ceremony. Thank you, Brian. Anyone else have a translation they want to read? I've got Stephen Mitchell. Weapons are the tools of violence. All decent men detest them. Weapons are the tools of fear. A decent man will avoid them except in the direst necessity, and, if compelled, will use them only with the utmost restraint. Peace is his highest value. If the peace has been shattered, how can he be content? His enemies are not demons, but human beings like himself. He doesn't wish them personal harm, nor does he rejoice in victory. How could he rejoice in victory and delight in the slaughter of men? He enters a battle gravely, with sorrow and with great compassion, as if he were attending a funeral. Thank you, Drew. 
I'm going to read the Jonathan Starr. Even the finest warrior is defeated when he goes against natural law. By his own hand, he is doomed, and all creatures are likely to despise him. One who knows Tao never turns from life's calling. When at home, he honors the side of rest. When at war, he honors the side of action. Peace and tranquility are what he holds most dear. He does not obtain weapons. But when their use is unavoidable, he employs them with fortitude and zeal. Do not flaunt your excellence. Do not rejoice over victory. With the loss of others, weep and saw. With the loss of others, weep with sorrow and grief. After winning a battle, do not celebrate. Observe the rites of a funeral. One who is bound to action, proud of victory, and delights in the misfortune of others, will never gain a thing from the world below heaven. Okay, he will never gain a thing from the world below heaven. Okay. That's a little different. I'm wondering how we can take this. Some of these are difficult to, you you think broadly and like war, how can we take this down to a a personal application? Like the war within ourselves. One of the personal applications I got from it was just about not forcing things. But the admonitions against violence, against having to roll up your sleeves and force others to do what you want or use use force to defend yourself. But yeah, I, I can apply those to myself by just allowing allowing myself to let things be, to hold back, not try to impose my will, not try to make things as I want them to be immediately. Just let things go and if I see that things need to change, then I can step in and make a change. Hopefully not with guns or swords or anything, but in a more peaceful way would be would be my preferred way to do it. Thank you, Drew. Brian, any comments of Derek Lynn that you like? I'm interested in the difference. He calls out the right and the left. One of his comments here is says, with our understanding of how the ancient Chinese viewed the left and the right, we can easily decode this section. A suspicious event should be peace and harmonious, while inconspicuous events are often linked with violence. Uh, Let's see, the lieutenant general is responsible for the peacetime training of the military. It is suited to the left of the emperor. The major general is responsible for leading attacks and is stationed to the right. And uh, then they also, he's also got some more comments in here. It says, the ancient Chinese observed that it was usually the right hand that wielded weapons. So they associated the right side with violence and the left side with peace. If you're ever doing Qigong or any of those things, that starts with the left hand, not the right hand. For that, I think that's probably part of that. I don't know. Yeah. Let's use the Stephen Mitchell for conversation and just go through it and see what we and try to get this down to a personal application. Sometimes this one's a difficult one to do that because it's so much weapons and fighting and you think of battle like, you know, 
army battles instead of the battle within. But the first stanza there, weapons are the tools of violence. Decent All decent men detest them. For me, I could look at weapons would be the ways that I would attack in my life. If I'm having to confront, attack, uh, that kind of thing, which I have to do, quite honestly, very little now. Uh, I know there's a couple, all of you guys, I think, either have employees or you manage employees. It's difficult when you have to confront someone about bad behavior, let's say. You detest having to do it. Maybe we could take that as an example in real life, how we confront someone about something that's a behavior that's not what you need. How do we do this? So that's a war. If you want to look at it that way, we detest that. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Weapons are the tools of fear. A decent man will avoid them, expect, except in the direst necessity, and if compelled, will use them only with the utmost restraint. I don't know if they always have to be in that situation, fear. When I came in the program, that's all I had was fear. And the tools of fear that I found are dishonesty, selfishness, and resentment. That's how fear is seen in my life. That's the tools that fear has. So I would be attacking. I was at war all the time (laughs) with everyone, including myself. I had all this anger right under the surface that just popped out at any moment. I can see that. And now when I have to confront, I don't enjoy it. I used to enjoy it. I don't enjoy that now. So I use that as little as I have to. And I found I can confront from a place of love instead of fear. I can do that from a place of compassion rather than a place of, what are they going to think about this? I hope I don't hurt their feelings. Blah, blah, blah. All the ways that I can people please instead of doing what needs to be done. I had a situation recently myself having a dog trained. And my, I noticed my trainer was not making the progress that was needed to be made. He went for training and came back. It's a service dog training for diabetes, and it takes a long haul. Oh, it's a, a year's worth of training. And there was no progress made. And I said, I need to, this is something I got to get a war about. How do I do it? So I asked her, I said, what's going on? What's happening? And she told me what was going on. And with what she was telling me, she Obviously, did not have time to be training my dog. So I said, why don't you go ahead and just call me when you're ready? And we'll take this up whenever you're ready to do it. And she had asked me to go ahead. I still had some money to pay on what was going on. We had a few months left. And I said, I said, I'll just go ahead and pay you what I owe you if that'll help. And she said, wow, you would? I said, yeah, I'll do it. I said, I got it in savings. I'm just. I'm not going to be afraid you're not going to finish. She's good reputation, all of that. So uh, I said, here, I said, go ahead and we'll do that. And just call me when you're ready. And she said, out all the years I've been training dogs, no one's ever done that for me. But I fought a war there and used compassion to do it. And she's finishing up now and it worked out great. 
I could have took the opposite tact. I could have just, yeah, all the things I could have done, uh, gotten angry, threatened her, sued her. I could have gone ballistic on her, but I took the opposite tact and I still fought the war. <laughs> but came out of the war, it was a fight with compassion. I'm used to, I could not have done that. And I still don't do that every time. But this was one situation where I was able to. Brian? Buddy, what's coming to mind for me is it, it, if there's an issue or there's like a, a difference of opinion, don't automatically assume that person is a bad person. Like a good versus evil. The right is right. The left is evil. Like kind of what we got going on today in this country. The, these people are just are terrible people and uh, on, on both sides and uh, just come at them from compassion and and listen to their opinion i've got a i've got a close friend in recovery who's he is a hundred and eighty degrees the opposite for me politically but we're great friends we have similar personality we could tease each other a little and not get too far into weeds and, and and I understand his opinion, even though I think it's wrong. But and I say that kind of jokingly, but I'm able to put all that aside and say I could see where people feel that way, and just not automatically say he's a horrible person, he's out kicking puppies, and just no, he's not. We all have different opinions. We all have different perspectives. Thank you, Brian. I like that, Brian, because it makes me think about, I, I met a neighbor of mine and I thought they were really cool. We had a great conversation. And then, and then the next day I walked by, they had a political side of their yard that someone I didn't agree with. And I'm like, oh, I don't like them anymore. <laughs> but I was like, wait, no, I do. <laughs> yeah. like, nothing changed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. We can have different opinions. I can allow others to have an opinion different from mine and me not think I have to try to convince them that they're wrong. So I don't have hard. to do anything. Oh yeah, but that's part of this, Carrie, is that at some point you realize you're not doing that anymore. That's part of that cultivating the virtue, cultivate you know, learning to move to a foundation of love and compassion. It happens naturally, just like the night step promises Suddenly we realize God's doing for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. That's not that we caused it. It's almost like an after the fact we start seeing it. Oh, I behave differently. That kind of a thing. So with time, we start loosening up and don't pick those fights anymore. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. Buddy makes me think of just a like my four step. It, when I thought about those types of people, it was like, it was, it was always them being sick. Like I wasn't helpful with a sick person. I was, yeah. But then, and then I looked at it. No, it was more, it was more me. I was, and it, I, but I still have trouble getting to me, like the me part when they're sick. I have trouble getting to what's my part. But anyways, and that's really common with fourth and eighth step. You get the list and you're going over it with a sponsee and they're talking about the person that they're angry at or the person that I said, whoa, I said, why don't we take what you have here and everywhere you talk about them, mark it out. 
and see what you're left with. And they say, oh, this is about me. I'm like, yep, this is our part. Because we can't surrender another person. We can only surrender ourselves. And that's where the gift is in learning how to let go and live in that place of effortlessness that's there for us in recovery if we learn how to let go of our, found, our fear foundation. All that's doing is getting rid of our, our fear. That's all it's doing. Okay, in the middle of the second stanza there. Hey, buddy. Yes. I just, real quick, I with the first one, I just, I was thinking about weapons, and it, it definitely makes a distinction between weapons and and just common tools, right? Some weapons can be tools for like hunting or whatever, if you're thinking of things like it, but definitely makes a distinction there that these are weapons for violence. But I guess one of the things I just want to mention is like weapons could also, we were talking about yesterday, could be thoughts, like just thoughts in your mind and words, but we could take them backwards. Like maybe they, they they cause different damage, but the thoughts that we have could be weapons. Yeah. Against ourselves. Yes. And another thing that I learned in recovery was that I am not my thoughts. I can have thoughts and not take them personally and not look at them as weapons, Carrie, because every thought I had, I thought was, I thought I was my thoughts. When in reality, the Michael Singh untethered soul, I believe, goes into this. If your thoughts were a friend, if Carrie, you were my thoughts, everything you said was the thoughts that come into my head, you would not be my friend. I wouldn't listen to you anymore because almost all of the things you would tell me were incorrect. And you repeated the same things over and over again. But for some reason, with them being my thoughts, I don't look at it that way. And I believe it until it's proved different. And then the next time it talks, I, I believe it again. I wouldn't listen to a word you said if you were my friend saying the same thing my thoughts say to me. And we lose sight of that. I would definitely recommend Untethered So Michael Singer's got a really good podcast. I mentioned it a few weeks ago. Look that up. I love his podcast. It's incredible. I've listened to it through one time from the beginning. I'm, I may go back and listen to it again. Peace is the highest value. If the peace has been shattered, how can he be content? And that's what we find in recovery, that it's the peace that we crave. It's not all the other things that we thought. So if we stay in this place of ease, we can maintain our peace. And even in some conflicts, I think in eventually in all conflicts, we can maintain our peace too. It doesn't have to go to the point that our peace is shattered. His enemies, now listen to this one. This is a really good one. His enemies are not demons. His enemies are not demons, but human beings like himself. He doesn't wish them personal harm, nor does he rejoice in victory. I guess he was talking about men as demons as being in war, some something that was worse than them or different from them on a personal level. You could say that the sick person, that the other person's sick, like we were talking about, Carrie, and they're no different from us. Drew? Yeah, I, I think these two lines are 
pretty easy to put into action personally the enemies not being demons but human beings like myself like you were saying it's just a, a reminder that everybody you disagree with or everybody you're fighting with is a person just like you are so just a a reminder for a little humility and you can couple that with the next two lines like you did the not wishing them personal harm or rejoicing in victory i don't know see a little golden rule in that because if if i were on the losing side i wouldn't want the person who beat me to rejoice in victory i've been there that's fine i don't want to be harmed personally so i shouldn't wish other people personal harm so yeah those four lines i i like the reminder that that everybody's i'm no different than everybody else nobody's below me nobody's above me we're all people equally and need to treat everybody as I would want to be treated. How about this, Drew? Taking it to the personal level, no thoughts or interactions I have are different from any others. They're all the same. So there's, in other words, there's no situation that's so powerful or so big that working the steps on it, if you surrender it, that it's not, the power's not going to leave of whatever that is. Nothing so great. That's been my experience because my problem was I kept fighting. I had to stop the fight. It's interesting. I thought that alcohol was pushing me, so I was pushing back as hard as I could push. And I thought... God helped me push harder. I did all I could and God do the rest and push harder. When in reality, what happened was the alcohol push and what my spiritual belief did for me was I just stopped fighting. I said, whoa, I can't control this. And when I stopped fighting, it stopped pushing. But the only way I could stop pushing was by getting rid of my fear in the steps And by learning that my actions while the push is going on is turning my thoughts to someone else I can help. How can I be, how can I be helpful? That, the, how I can be helpful is the work that allowed me to stop resisting, if that makes sense. But that's how it happened for me. So now when I want to push on something, I say, oh, I can stop pushing by helping someone else. And that works. I can just think of someone. I can pray for someone. I noticed in this too, it it talked about he doesn't wish them harm. The way in recovery that we learn, I thought about resentments with that and how we use 552 in the fourth edition of the big book, that when we resent someone, we pray for them. We do it for two weeks. We do it even if we don't believe it's going to work. We don't want it for them. It's empty words. No belief, no faith, no nothing. We do it anyway. Just say the words, and then you'll start believing it with time. We have to, we act our way into right thinking rather than think our way. It's not about building our faith. It's about changing our actions, and the belief follows the actions. It doesn't matter what we believe. I'm a firm believer now that it doesn't matter what you believe about God. If you believe there's a God or not, it does not matter. If you start loving people, 
your life will change. That's all. You start wishing good things. You don't have to pray to God in heaven for for someone you resent. You could say, I hope they have good things to happen to them today. That's hard to do with someone that you resent. That's what it's about is you being okay with them. That's so simple, right? So simple. We make it so difficult. Anything else with that or can we move on? Okay. He could. How could he rejoice in victory and delight in the slaughter of men? He enters a battle gravely with sorrow and with great compassion as if he were attending a funeral. Enters the battle sorrowfully and with great compassion. Man, that's a hard one. That's not what you think of when you think of battle. You think of the opposite. That speaks to my recovery because if I'm coming at something from a place of fear rather than a place of compassion, then my results are going to be a lack of peace. That's what I see in that as a personal application. We've been talking about that the whole time. We talk about that every week. That's the whole deal is how can I move from this foundation of fear to this foundation of love and compassion? Yeah, I don't see fighting a battle as being compassion. I guess an example of that was the battle I fought with the trainer was I used compassion and it worked out great. And I found every time that I do that, things work out. and It doesn't seem like a battle at all. It just works. Because most of the time, has your aggravation ever helped a situation? Mine hasn't. If I can enter a situation from a place of clear-headedness, a place of calmness, which only comes when I come at this from a place of virtue or compassion. If I'm in judgment and I've got this figured out and they're screwing me and blah, 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 it never helps. I can ask the same questions. I can sometimes get better results by leaving all of that anger and angst out of it. Carrie. I I get the compassion part in that piece, but I wonder what he means about entering it gravely and with sorrow. Like in your example, it doesn't sound like you entered it gravely and with sorrow. I wonder what he's, what situation, if he's talking about a different situation there. Yeah, he could be, or maybe that he regrets that we have to do this. I did not want, Okay, how about this? I've known people who thrived on drama and looked for every way possible to have a conflict. They loved it. This is saying that if it's if you have to have the conflict, and life is life and there's conflicts, if you have to have a conflict, enter it in a way that you regret having to have this, not that you're enjoying it and you hope this lasts. I could spend all day on one and just love it. Does that make sense, Carrie? I'm thinking that's more of it. Yeah, I think so. That definitely makes sense. I mean, you know those folks, right? They just thrive on drama. I've got a sponsee like that right now. Man, he is just, and it, guess what? One situation after another just keeps coming because he's inviting it because he keeps putting it out there. Man, he loves it too. He eats it up. So 
yeah, yeah, I think that's for me. That's what I see in that. Anyway, anyone else see something different with that or Brian? I was just thinking. I've I've got a sponsee that's similar to that, and and he, uh, yeah, he always has some kind of drama going. He uh, had a, and I always try to, uh, always try to to pick at him and say, why don't you buy him lunch, or uh, try to extend some love to them and some compassion and maybe look at things from their perspective and if if they show up at your place at eight o'clock in the morning or seven o'clock in the morning they got a job to do they've got mouths to feed it's not that they're there to hey let's show up and disturb the hell out of this guy they got mouths to feed children feed and and a job to do and their perspective is just different. Matter of fact, he listens to this podcast. It'll be good for him to hear. I had a, I have a sponsor. I think I mentioned this a few, few weeks ago. He's Jewish. And with all this stuff going on, uh, in Israel and Gaza, he's got friends that are fighting. He's got, he's very connected. He, he had to stop listening to the news because it was all just messing with his head. Uh, one of the bridges he goes under on the way home has all kinds of anti-Semitic stuff on the bridge, that kind of thing. And I asked, I said, "Can you pray? Can you pray for one of the one of the Hamas soldiers? Can you like pick one out and pray for him?" I want. I want to. I said, "Okay." I said, "You want to be free of this? This is the action I would suggest. Start maybe with just praying the will of God for him." I can't pray the will of Muhammad for us. It's okay. You just pray the way you pray. Ask the will of God for him. I can't even do, I don't know. They're killing babies. I said, I know what they're doing. I know what they did. But this is not about them. This is about you. Do you want to be free of this? If so, just try it. You don't have to mean it. Just do it. See what happens. First, he called. Okay, let me back up. First, he called me and he was very angry. He said, why are they doing this? What's, yeah, I think it's evil when he was going the evil route. And I was like, have you ever considered it's just fear? Maybe it's just fear on an individual level. And it, you think they're just afraid? It's why they're attacking? I can't believe that. And so a few days went by. He called his rabbi and said, why are they, isn't this just evil? And the rabbi said, I think it's fear. He called a friend of his that was pretty spiritual in the Jewish community. What do you think about? He says, I think it's fear. So he called me back. He said, maybe it's fear. I said, okay. I said, if it's fear, let's tell, I'll tell you what to do about it. And then we started that. He said, I don't know. I can't. I said, okay. Week later, called me back. I started doing it and it's working. It's not gone, but it's working. I said, good. See, he's learning how to fight the, the fight from a place of compassion rather than uh, a place of fear. And that's what it's all about for me is getting rid of all of that fear. And in return, and, and as a result, I have peace, right? Yeah. Good conversation, guys. That was a, Hey, buddy. Yeah. Oh, that, that reminds me of a Yoda quote <laughs> from Star Wars. <laughs> as he says, fear leads to anger, leads to hate, leads to suffering. So we were talking about that whole thing right there. 
Uh, yeah, I like Yoda quotes. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Brian? Yeah, I, I was just thinking about I, uh, I, I met up in a WhatsApp group and there was a, a guy in there that was an active part of the group and seemed like he got a lot out of it. But anyway, saying that he was on the other side and he posted a political flag in his profile and they had a, they tried to talk to him about it and asked him to remove it. He wouldn't remove it and ended up having a group conscience and he chose to leave the group. And I thought, man, that's really sad because this guy was really an active part of that group online and he was obviously over there in the Gaza area and uh, I just really made me think that he's just all they asked is that he removed that flag from his profile and and he wasn't willing to do that and I've thought about him wondered how he's doing yeah we're all sick and we all have opinions that we think are right Mm -hmm. and obviously he thought having the Palestinian flag out yeah, yeah. right to each his own. Yeah. Very libertarian response to that, even before I did, but now even more. Thank you. Good comments today, guys. Very good. Anything else before we close? Okay. You guys have a great week and hope to see you next week. Thank you. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery. 